everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening with us. Today's message is from our very special guest, Pastor Brian Johnson from Mile 2 Church called How's Your Heart? It's one of those things that if you keep your finger on the pulse of this question and, and you constantly go back to it, it will tell you the true status of your health, your emotional health, in many cases, your spiritual health. Uh, it, it will let you know your level of security in a variety of different areas. If you're in the room and you're married, how you answer this question I'm going to be asking you this morning, it will actually tell you about the status of your marriage and how secure you are in your marriage. All right, here we go. If you're a student, I don't know if we got any students in the room, but if you're a student, how you answer the question that I'm going to be asking you here in just a moment, it will let you know your level of security in your own personal identity or how rocked you are by other people's impressions and other people's things. The answer to this question, it reveals a lot about us. Uh, for, for some of you, the way you answer this question, you could be going through a variety of different things in your life. I don't know about you, but sometimes life just happens and it gets ugly sometimes, and you just go through some things, and you wonder, why on earth am I going through all of this? I'll tell you what, if you're in that place right now, I imagine we've got some people in the room that you're going through some stuff right now, some things that you're facing. How you answer this question will reveal to you whether or not those things are really getting to you, or whether or not you're actually doing okay, and you're going to come through it. On the flip side of it is if you're going through some stuff, if you answer this question negatively, how you answer that, it could reveal whether or not things are really getting to you and it's causing you problems and pains. Are you guys ready to hear the question? It's a big question. It's a question that I continually have to find myself coming back to uh, after a few different months. In fact, uh, I, I bring this up to my congregation, to my church, in Mile 2 Church. We, we talk about this almost every six months. I just kind of take some time to bring it up. And here's the simple question. I warn you, it's not profound, but, but just bear with me, okay? Here's the question. How is your heart. How is your heart? Everyone say that. Say, how's my heart? That's a good question to ask. How is my heart? What's going on in my heart? And I think you guys already realize this. When I talk about how is your heart, I'm not talking about your blood pumping heart. I'll leave that for the medical doctor. So we're not talking about that. I'm talking about the heart that we like to listen to songs about or that we maybe like to write songs about, you know, where we get all caught up with that. I'm talking about that, that heart, that part of you, that if you're a parent in the room, it's that part of you that swells with pride when you see your kids do something brave. I'm talking about that heart. I'm talking about that, that heart, that part of you that when you were in high school, it got broken when your crush said back to you, you know, I like you as a friend, but that's about it. And you were like, oh, okay, I guess I'll take whatever I can get. And you know, it kind of gets broke a little. I'm talking about that heart, right? Uh, I'm talking about that, that part of you that when you enter into conflict at work and someone stabs you in the back and you realize that it was more than just words, it was more than just politics, it went a little bit deeper. And when that happened, it caused you to close up your heart. It caused you to close up a bit. I, I'm talking about that heart. How is your heart? You see, I, I think... You guys can all get on board with this. If, if you've lived any length of time, you've experienced this. You understand that life has a way of being hard on our hearts, doesn't it? Life has a way of taking its toll on our hearts. 
And the, the funny thing is, for many of us, we grew up with a lot of different instruction of how to survive in life. We grew up with a lot of different pointers on how to navigate through the office politics, how to navigate through, you know, different family relationships. You know, hey, Thanksgiving, it can be a great time. It can be a brutal time. You know, this is how you walk that fine line. I, I don't know what your situation is, but I know for many people that's the case. That, that you know, we're told all these different pointers, but the truth is, Many of us were rarely taught how to truly do heart care. We were taught how to do, and, and I can't spend a lot of time on this, we were taught how to do behavior modification. We were taught how to cope with things that were going on. But many of us were never taught, if you were like me, you were never really taught of how to actually take care of your heart. And I'm telling you what, as living, breathing people who have hearts, not just the beating hearts, but we have that, that part of us what could be more important than taking care of your heart? Because as you know, and as you're going to come to see, how you take care of your heart determines how so much of the rest of your life goes. And since life has a way of being hard on the heart, don't we owe it to ourselves to go through the process of making sure that we're caring for it properly? See, I think you know this, but there's a lot at stake when we're talking about the state and the condition of our heart. The passage that I like to look at is uh, by, many of you are familiar with him, his name was King Solomon. He was considered by many to be one of the wisest people to have ever lived. He, he wrote a really famous book, it's called Proverbs. It's in a best-selling book called the Bible. And it's just loaded with all kinds of wisdom. And you know, I have my favorite Proverbs that I pull on all the time. I'll, I'll say this one proverb that I continually come back to over and over and over again. It's found in Proverbs chapter 4. It's one of these sayings of Solomon. And this is how Solomon puts it. King Solomon. This is how he says it. He says, listen, above all else, guard your heart. Now, I want you to just pause and think about that for a second. In fact, say that. Say, above all else. Above all else. Above all else. Yeah. Above all else, now, now think about this. Solomon, he talks about so many different issues of life. Who's, who's ever like skimmed through the book of Proverbs and read some of that stuff? Okay, I mean, Solomon, he talks about uh, your relationships. He talks about the importance of friendships. He talks about money management and how to handle money. He talks about the importance of having voices in your life, like a parent or like a wise person speaking into you and why you need to listen to it. He talks about the value of our words and how that affects other people. He talks to us about our sexuality and how that's connected to some of the deepest parts of it. I mean, really rich, really practical stuff. Solomon, he doesn't shy away from any of it. And the guy that talks to us about all these different issues of life, do you know what he says? He says, listen, listen, listen. Above all else, in other words, you hear all these other things that I'm saying, but if there was anything that was of first importance above all else, here's what I would implore you to do. I would beg you to guard your heart. If you don't do anything else I say, do this one thing. Guard your heart. Why would he say something like that? Well, the answer is simple. Because everything we do flows from it. Your heart is connected to how you live your life. If there's things that are going on in your heart that go on unaddressed, it will end up impacting your life in significant ways. Said another way, if your heart is doing well, your life will go well. And Solomon, he would say, that's why guarding our heart, it's of the utmost importance. It's one of the greatest things that we could ever give our attention to and pay attention to. And so he leans in and tells us this. Now, now here's the thing. I don't think you needed a verse to tell you this. I think your life experience already tells you this. I think that there's some of you that you grew up in a home 
And maybe this wasn't everybody, but, but there's probably some people here. You grew up in a home where you had a parent. Maybe it was a dad. Maybe it was a mom. And they just were continually angry. And there was nothing that you could do that could live up to their expectations. There was nothing that you could do that would seem to make them happy with you or satisfied with you. Sure, there would be moments of pleasure, but it would just be like, there's this, what is wrong? What's wrong with me? That's what you would ask yourself this question. And you just found that they were just angry. They were angry all the time. What was that? Well, Solomon, he would say, I I know what that was. It wasn't you. There was something going on in their heart. And that thing that was going on in their heart, it caused this riff and this tension within your family. And guess what? If you were a kid, you bore the brunt of that. You, th- that's your story. That's your experience. And now as you look at your own kids, look down and you go, I don't want to put them through what I went through. But, I mean, come on, like all of us, many of us who maybe grew up in places where things weren't ideal, when we get into, the, into those pressure moments, we end up doing things that we don't like doing ourselves, Right? Have you guys ever reached for a same tactic that your parents used on you and it didn't work with you, but you tried it anyway? Have you ever responded to somebody the way someone responded to you and you didn't like when they responded to you that way, but you decided that you were going to try it out on somebody else too? What is that? I mean, you don't even believe in that. You, you don't even think it works. Why do we do that? Well, Solomon said, I know there's something going on in your heart. There's something going on in your heart that needs your attention that you need to address. He would say, above all else, guard your heart because out of your heart flows the issues of life. That's what's at stake. Life is at stake. You see, listen, I've never heard of a marriage that ultimately broke down because there were some external pressures that they were facing. Maybe it started there. But do you know what the undoing of the marriage was? The external made its way into the internal. And it was when it got into the heart, that's when things started to crumble. Because there's other happy couples I know, people that have gone the distance. And when they tell you their story, they'll tell you about some stuff that they've been through. They'll tell you about some things. I'm sure we got some people in the room. You could tell some stories. But you know what caused them to be able to stand through it? It wasn't we just endured the external. It was they guarded their heart. Because if your heart is healthy, so many other things in life will be healthy. And so this is a way that we can say it. This is what's at stake if we don't guard our hearts. Unaddressed heart issues turn into the kinds of issues that destroy our lives. If we let some things go on in our hearts unaddressed, if you let some unforgiveness settle into your heart and you don't really deal with it, and by saying deal with it, I mean get it out of there, not learn how to cope with it. Because we've become good at managing it. But see, forgiveness is not just forgetfulness. Forgiveness is getting it out of you. There's bitterness that sometimes creeps into our heart. There's, there's greed that sometimes creeps into our heart. We're not really good at seeing that. Somebody, I know he likes to say it this way, greed is almost impossible to spot in the mirror. But the people that are looking at you could tell you whether or not you're greedy or not. So if you want to know you're greedy, don't just ask yourself, ask somebody next to you. But that, you know, that's a big conversation at some point. But greed can settle in, jealousy can settle in, all kinds of anger can settle in. These things, they lodge into our hearts. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, you know it, you know somebody who's like this, that if that goes on unaddressed, it turns into the kind of issues that end up destroying our lives. The good news is the flip side of this is true as well. That if we properly take care of our hearts, if we properly address our heart issues and the things that are going on there, if we're diligent, if we're guarding it with all diligence, guess what? 
that can turn into the kind of, of results, into the kind of health that can cause us to flourish no matter what is going on around us. You see, what's going in your heart, what's going on in our hearts really is of the utmost importance. It's of first importance to us. See, it's for this reason why God communicates to us. We see it all throughout the pages of the, of the scriptures. We see it Old Testament, New Testament. Jesus talks about it. Where God, he says, do you know what the number one thing I'm ultimately the most interested in? I'm the most interested in the status of your heart and the state of your heart. I'm not really watching your behavior too closely. I mean, that could tell me some things, but you know what really tells me the full story? What's going on in your heart. Solomon, the same guy who said, guard your heart with all diligence, he phrased it like this. He says, a person may think their own ways are right. This is in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 2. We'll throw it up here on the screen. A person may think that their own ways are right. He says, but the Lord weighs the heart. Said it another way. We might be happy with ourselves when we behave well, but we are only truly healthy when our hearts are well, right? Have you ever patted yourself on the back for not saying what you wanted to say? Yeah? Man, I could have told them off, right? Good job, Brian. You didn't say it. God is saying, no, you still have that thing in your heart that made you want to say that. Do you know when I'll be happy? when we can turn your perspective on that person completely. You see, we might be happy when we behave well. We might be happy when we look at our steps and say, okay, I did the right things, but you know where God is concerned with? That's why he, he doesn't look at what we look at. He says, I'm concerned when your heart as well. Another famous story and passage where this stuff is illustrated is when Israel was selecting their second king. When they were selecting their second king, everyone was looking for the obvious choice visually of who would make the greatest king. That's how they decided the first king. And when they went to select the second king, there was the prophet Samuel. He went to the house of Jesse. And when he said, okay, I'm here on a king hunt, he looked for the most kingly person that he could see. And so he saw all of these older brothers and, you know, hey, they look like a king, look like a king, look like a king. And God had to just stop him and say, whoa, 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 pause, pause, pause. Listen, you need to understand something. And this is where this passage, it comes out in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. It says this, he says, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart, right? You're looking for the external things, and you got Saul, and we know what that led to. We don't need another one of those. Can you let me direct you? Because what I care about the most is I care about the status of your heart, my friends, at the end of the day, God is the most concerned about the state of our hearts. That's truly what he cares about the most. And it's for this reason that Jesus, he spends so much time teaching to us about heart issues, things that go on in our hearts, things that go on in our lives. He wasn't just teaching us how to behave better. He was teaching us to be aware of the things that can lurk within the things that can find and take root within our hearts. And he tells us, listen, I want to help you address these issues. And that's why the number one solution that Jesus, he gave to us, and we even sang about it a little bit this morning, is he says, you know what I'm going to do? My resurrection is going to provide for you a new heart. I'm going to give you the ability to have a new heart within you. And then here's what I'm going to do. Now that you have a new heart, and you have taken that inside, here's what I want to do. I want to give you my spirit 
that can help you begin to guard that properly, guard that healthfully. You see, heart work, it's ultimately hard work, isn't it? Heart work is not easy all the time. Heart work is when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of life. See, when you want to go fix a marriage, you don't just deal with the surface things. When you, want to deal, when you want to help fix and restore marriage, you've got to get down into the heart issues. What's going on in there? What's taking place? And, and it can be hard work, but I'm telling you, that's where true health awaits. That's where the kind of life you crave, I crave, that God intends for us to live. That's where he invites us to go and walk in. Jesus understood this, and Paul understood this too. With the last few minutes, I want to talk uh, about this passage. I want to point our attention to this passage that Paul, he wrote in one of his letters. Many of you are familiar with Paul. He understood the, the, the nature of heart issues and what they can do to us. Now, I got to warn you before we put this up. When Paul went and talked to us about heart issues that we were going through, when you first read it, it could come across a little insensitive. In other words, if, if you were dealing with some stuff, some heart issues, things going on, and you went to see a counselor, and your counselor were to give you the response that Paul gives to us here in this letter, you might look at him and say, you're not a very good counselor. I don't think I want to come here. <laughs> All right? And so I got to warn you, there's, there, it can look a little insensitive when we first put this up. There's a really good reason why I think we should listen to Paul. In fact, two really good reasons why I think we should listen to Paul. So I want you to not be put off by the abrasiveness of how Paul talks about what we should do when heart issues come up. And I want us to, let's listen to what he has to say, and then I'll tell you why I think we need to listen to what he has to say and what awaits for us if we do this, and then we'll bring this thing home. Here's how Paul phrases it in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31. You go to Paul and you say, Paul, I've got all these things that are going on in my heart. He would say, okay, thank you for coming. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get rid of it. Okay? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Just get rid of it. All right, thank you. Come back next week and we'll see how you're doing. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 Paul. What are, you, what are you talking about? I want you to get rid of this stuff. Now, when we are confronted with something like this, here's the thing. When we're confronted with maybe unforgiveness going on in our hearts, do you know what? You and I have a really good reason of why that person hurt us and why we feel the way we do, don't we? Right? If someone hurts you and you're bitter about what they did to you, you're not just bitter because you're an irrational person. I mean, maybe you know somebody like that, but that's not you, right? I mean, you're, not, you're not angry because of you just made up something in your mind. There's a good reason why you're angry, isn't there? There's a good reason why you're hurt, isn't there? There's a good reason why you can't forgive them, isn't there? They hurt you. They, they stole something from you. Maybe it wasn't something physical, but maybe it was something relational or emotional. They took something from you. And so when you hear a guy like Paul saying, listen, I want you to get rid of all your bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice, you just say, but, but Paul, but you don't know my story. And here's what Paul would say. I don't need to know your story. Pfft. Well, why would you say that? Well, here's the first reason why I think we should take Paul seriously. You need to understand the context that Paul is writing this letter in. The thing you need to understand is this. Paul wasn't writing this letter from a sunny beach in Hawaii. Paul wasn't writing this letter from a nice resort in Mexico. Paul wasn't writing this letter from a cruise ship somewhere. Do you know where Paul was writing this letter from? A Roman prison. My friends, that's about as bad as it gets. We have no comprehension of what that was like. In Roman prisons, you were put there to die. 
And in fact, if you didn't have people in your life that would bring you food and take, they wouldn't feed you in Roman prison. It wasn't like in these prisons, there's three square meals and all that. Nope, they put you in prison and the people that care about you, if they do care about you, they better come and feed you because if they don't, you're gonna starve and Rome doesn't care. You're left there to die. And so Paul, he's sitting there in a Roman prison and might I add, he was put there not because he necessarily broke the law. He was wrongfully accused he had people out that had it out for him, and they were doing everything they could to throw him under the bus. And so Paul is sitting there. If anybody had a right to be angry, if anybody had a right to hold unforgiveness, to hold bitterness in their heart, it was Paul. What did he ever do to anybody? He's just going around trying to help people. And here he is sitting in a Roman prison. And it's from a Roman prison that Paul says to us, listen, listen, listen. I know you're probably going through some stuff, but here, here's what I want you to know. I'm practicing this myself. I want you to get rid of it. If I can do it, I think you can do it. That would be the first reason why I think we should pay attention to what Paul has to say. The second reason is this. If, if you were to go to a doctor and the doctor were to give you a diagnosis of some disease that could be life-threatening, when they look at you and say, listen, I've, I've got some bad news. Uh, there's this issue that's going on. Do you know what your first response to them wouldn't be? Your first response wouldn't be, well, let me explain to you why I have this. I want, you, I, I want you to understand how I got here. See, if you knew how I got here, you might think of this disease a little bit differently. Do you know what your first question is to your doctor when they tell you, hey, you've got this issue going on in your heart? Do you know what you need to do? Or, or, or like, we're going to have to do something about it. Do you know what your first question is? How do we get rid of it? Right? You don't really care how it got there. The only thing you care about is getting rid of it. And in fact, we, we can deal with how we got there once we get rid of it. But the first thing we need to know is, I need to get this out of me, right? Get it out of me. And that's kind of what Paul is saying. I want you to treat heart issues like a disease that can be your undoing. Because come on, you've seen marriages where it became that, didn't you? You've seen kid and parent relationships where the disease of anger, the disease of bitterness and unforgiveness, where it crept in and it wasn't pretty, was it? You've worked at job sites where those types of things were going on and you didn't really want to work there. You just kept your head down and tried to go about your business to go on. Why? Because it's like a disease and if it's not dealt with, it will be our undoing. And see, that's why Paul, he would say to us, listen, it, it does, you could tell me your story and I'm sure I would nod my head and go, that's terrible. That's horrible. I'm sorry they did that to you. I'm sorry they hurt you. I'm sorry you're going through that. But at the end of the day, you got to get rid of it. you got to get rid of this thing that's going on in your heart. And that's why he tells us to do that. And so in our church, we invited our church to go on this, this journey of heart examination. And we do this on a regular basis. I do this as well. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Are you finding yourself becoming angry in moments really quick and you lose your cool? Do you know what the cure to anger is? Typically, it's connected to some sort of unforgiveness. If you want to flush anger out of your heart, you need to find where the source of that anger comes from. And you need to begin to forgive, release. Think of that person that made you angry. Think of that person that stole something from you. And here's what 
Forgiveness basically is it's canceling a debt and saying, you don't owe me anymore. Is it bitterness that's taken root in your heart? Do you find yourself continually in a state of negativity? Well, guess what? There's a solution for that. It's called thankfulness. If you find yourself continually being negative or the people you know, they just don't want to be around you anymore because you're a negative person. Or you find yourself going down that path. Do you know what the cure to that is? It's, it's thankfulness. We can flush that out of us. Guys in the room, are there some things in your heart that you have locked and hidden away that you haven't told anybody else about? And you carry guilt around? Maybe it's that secret thing that's going on that, that you hope nobody else discovers. And in fact, you think you've done a good job of not letting anybody else catch on to what's going on. But I'll tell you, when you get in a setting like this or sometimes when you get around other people and you have this guilt that comes to the surface and you just, you feel helpless, you feel powerless and overwhelmed by the guilt. And, and perhaps you've prayed to, to Jesus a thousand times and you say, you know, <coughs> you have 1 John 1, 9 on speed dial. I thank you that when I confess my sins that you're faithful and just to cleanse me and forgive me. And I'll tell you what, you go to God with it and you say, thank you for your forgiveness. But you still can't get rid of the guilt. Do you know what's going on? Paul would say, listen, you're forgiven by God, but do you want to be free from this guilt? You're going to need to flush that out with confession. Not just confession to God, but confessing it to someone else. You need to take a big old flashlight and shine it on that dark corner in there and expose it. Because you weren't created to carry that and be healthy. You were created to walk with clean hands and a pure heart. And that's what Jesus wants to help us walk in. And so is it guilt that you're carrying around? I'm telling you, you need to get that out in the open. There's, there's some of you in this room, you need, to, you need to talk to your pastor and have that conversation that you've been concerned about having. I told my people this, there's some of you, you need to go see a counselor. Somebody, and you, you need, you need to, to, to go and see a professional to help you walk through some of this stuff. <laughs> if you're like me, if you're a guy thinking, the last thing I want to do is pay somebody <laughs> to tell them about my problems, right? Right? Th that's the last thing I want to do. I'm already feeling bad about this again. I don't want my wallet to be any lighter now because of this, right? But I'm telling you, listen, listen, hard work. It's hard work sometimes, but it's always worth it. Take that step towards getting free. Is it greed that's clutching your heart? I'll tell you, there's a cure for that. It's called g -g 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 generosity. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I'll tell you, there's nothing that loosens the grip of greed on our hearts like generosity. So my friends, as we close this morning, here's my last question. How's your heart? What's going on in there? What's going on in your hearts? Are there things that are taking place that you have left unchecked. Do you want to know how I evaluate my own life in this? I always keep a, my finger on the pulse of the imaginary conversations I find myself having with the people that I'm frustrated with at that moment. Do you guys ever do this? Or am I just weird and anomaly? <laughs> I'm usually alone in my car, and there's like a thing that's going on, and, and I am just telling them off in my imaginary conversation, and, and in my mind, typically a crowd of people are around, and I just say everything so beautifully, and they start clapping for me, right? And I, and I just tell them off. Every time that happens to me, and you know, that comes up more than I, I would care to admit, 
whenever that comes up, I just let myself know, Brian, that, that, that's something that you've got to check. Are you finding it hard to celebrate someone else's success? That's a sign something's going on in your heart. I tell our church this, when you find it hard to celebrate, you need to evaluate because there's something going on inside that's keeping you from rejoicing with those who rejoice. Are you secretly hoping for someone else's failure? That's that's something you got to just put into check. How's your heart? I'm telling you, this question, it's so simple. But if we can just come back to this over and over again, we can find that it brings freedom and it brings life to each and every one of us. And here's the good news. Your Lord and Savior has given you a new heart at the moment of redemption. And the Holy Spirit is eager to walk beside you and help you take that journey so that you can begin to keep your heart healthy. So as we close this morning, why doesn't everybody say this after me? Say, above all else, guard your heart. For everything flows from it. One more time, above all else, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. Can I pray for you? Father God, we thank you that you are a God who cares about how we're really doing and that you gave us a solution to how we really were in Jesus. We were really dead in our sins. We were really helpless. And you sent us a savior who brought us redemption and life. And we thank you that as we walk in this life, that you have sent your Holy Spirit to help us to continue to walk the journey. And so, Father God, I pray for everybody in this room. I know what I'm sharing this morning. It's not the easiest thing. It's not the most fun thing we like to do, but it's a necessary thing. You revealed that to us through your word, and I believe you're revealing that to us by your spirit. So this morning, will you give each and every person here, each and every one of us, will you give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard? And then by your spirit, would you give us the courage to actually step out and do it? We pray this in Jesus' name.